Hello. Hey, this is uh, Nick Brickell, the metal director of uh, WMSC 90.3. That's uh, from New Jersey. Uh, here to speak with going, uh, Bruce. Nick? How's it going, Bruce? Great, man. Good to hear from you. Yeah, I got some uh, questions for you about uh, the upcoming uh, War Beast tour and uh, some rigor mortis questions as well. Uh, start off with, can you give uh, the listeners a short description of what War Beast is like, the, uh, some of the band, like the sound you put out, and some words on the Dallas-Fort Worth metal scene? Sure, man. War Beast, you know, it's uh, comprised of some old veterans like myself from rigor mortis, and we have Scott Shelby from the band Gamma Side. And it's, you know, basically, you're, um, I just like to call it good old, fashion old school texas thrash metal you know and um we just we use a lot of our influences in war beasts and we have a lot of a lot of a variety in our our songs we're not just trying to play one certain style with war beasts that's what i like about it any thoughts on uh rigor mortis you want to mention yeah with rigor mortis uh i think it's more of a Rigor Mortis always had a unique sound, I think, that doesn't sound like anybody else, any other bands, really. And I think that's because of the, the four members of Rigor Mortis all have their own unique style as well. So when you combine four different styles of musicians, that makes a band, and that's what you have is Rigor Mortis. And, you know, you probably know that no one ever says, hey, Rigor Mortis sounds like this band or that band. And that's what I'm really proud about. You know, it's, it's a speed metal band obviously and uh people put us in the thrash category and it's just whatever you want to call it but i think we we got our own unique sound now, how did you get war beast onto the destruction tour well that was pretty crazy how that happened i was just messing around on the computer one day looking up some things and i noticed destruction was coming to tour in the united states and it's always been one of my favorite bands, and it's one of our guitarist Scott Shelby's favorite bands and influences. So I was just like, wow, I'd like them to play here in Dallas-Fort Worth, and maybe we can get on the show. So I looked up their uh, website, noticed they had a couple of off dates uh, right before they were playing in Houston and Austin. So I, I just got on it. I contacted my friend over at this place called the Rail Club in Fort Worth, and I was like, dude, you need to try to get Destruction here and put War Beast on there opening up, you know? And in a series of emails, I ended up emailing, like, their uh, booking agency about it. And it, at first he was saying they're not going to be able to play Dallas-Fort Worth, but after a couple of emails, the next thing I know, the guy goes, would War Beast like to go on this tour? <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I don't even know how that happened. It was an accident. Lucky timing just messing around one day like i said i always think man if i wouldn't even have been on the computer that day this tour would have never even happened for us but i don't think i asked you know, i think you asked me about what dallas fort worth metal scene is like a little while ago and i didn't really get to touch on that but it's a it's a great scene here we got um you think you know you got dallas and fort worth are pretty pretty large cities and they're only 30 minutes apart so that gives this it's like a huge area of of, and it's always had many talented bands and musicians, and um, I, it's a great scene, you know. You can just name off some of the bands that's come out of this area, and there's a lot of great, talented, young, upcoming bands here right now, too, that you'll probably be hearing about in the next coming years, you know. Now, what goes through your mind when you appear on stage in a new city that you haven't performed in before? Well, 
I'm usually just kind of excited in the first place just to be playing somewhere new for the first time. Sometimes I'm kind of curious to, you know, how the crowds are going to react because you're going to, you know, in different areas, you're going to find different types of fans. And it's always hard to tell when you're on stage doing the show because sometimes they go crazy right from the first song. Sometimes they got to warm up to us a few songs and get into it. And then sometimes they they don't go crazy at all. They just watch us. And then I'm thinking, wow, we must we must not be going over well. <laughs> but but usually at the end of night, even crowds like that that are more into just checking us out will all come up and say they, they dug us. So that's basically it. I'm excited, and I'm just curious about how the fans are going to be in that area, you know. Now, what are some good memories from that uh, co-headlining tour with Death Angel? Oh, uh, that was just, you know, a lot of fun because that was our first tour for all of us in rigor mortis. So just that excitement of, hey, you know, this is another one of our dreams and goals that we ever even had for the band to be getting out on the road. And then, of course, being with them guys, I mean, we didn't know them before the tour. We actually became pretty good friends with them before, by the time the tour was over. And there's a lot of madness going on. We were all younger back then, um, drank heavily, and then <laughs> had a lot of crazy memories with them guys. Especially, we had a lot of problems, too, because we had bought a Winnebago, and it was like a, a bad, bad choice. And it broke down off several times. And I think it broke down like 11 times, to be honest. And so much so much money that we were getting on that tour was going in and just getting me back on the road. So that was the frustrating thing. It was our first time out, but we had so many so many hard things going on along the way. You know? What would you say the drink of choice was amongst you guys and Death Angel on that tour? I can't can't even remember. I do know, like, the singer of Death Angel didn't drink at all. He would mm-hmm. usually be, <laughs> you know, at the parties afterwards or something. He'd have a, some milk or something. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, as far as we went, um, wow, we we switched off a lot. I mean, some nights it would be vodka, some nights uh, beer, some nights tequila. Um, we just had a variety going. Oh, I see. Now, what's your favorite song from the self-titled Rigor Mortis album? My favorite is uh, Bodily Dismemberment. It's just a fun song to sing because of the, you know, what the lyrics are about. It's fun to pretend like you're like a crazy guy, <laughs> you yeah. know. So that one's fun. I think the one I think I did the best performance on, on the album is Vampire. When I listen back, I think that's probably... The best vocals I did on the album, but yeah, bodily dismemberment—that's always a fun one to sing, you know, at the shows. So, what are some words on the new rigor mortis songs you got recorded? Some of the new words. Well, one of them's about um, serial killers. It's called Bl- Bloodbath, actually, and um, it mentions some of the more infamous. Serial killers in history, and um, you know, it's basically and also states that how America is pretty, you know, usually near the top in the murder ratio. So, like the first line is slaughter in the nation running high, twenty thousand yearly forced to die. America leads the murder game. What do they do it for? Pleasure or fame? 
And then it goes into more in depth about certain serial killers and everything. It's pretty cool. So, what was the Keep It True Festival in Germany like? Wow, <laughs> that's that's a might be the greatest memory I have. One of the top five for sure. Rigor mortis, you know. I've never got to play over in Europe, and um, I've always heard about it. You know how they love their metal over there, and sure enough, they they weren't lying to me. Uh, great times, man. Just a great, great outdoor thing going outside of the venue with uh, people camping out for the whole weekend to go to this. It was a two-day festival, so they just camped out, stayed right by the venue all night so they could come the next day. It was cool to be able to just walk outside with beers and talk to all the fans and hang out. And they're really hardcore over there. They love their metal, and they, they stay from start to finish, you know. None of that, like sometimes here, you go to see some Ozfest or something, and people can't hang the whole, whole way, you know. <laughs> but over there, it's like, wow, they just stayed from first band at noon till the end and then came back and did it the very next day. I just want to say, and the cool thing is, like, I was like, wow. You know, I asked them, like, I was outside, and we're just having this big party going on. I was like, God, does the police mess with you on there? Like, well, not really, unless you're out really breaking the law or doing something. And so they didn't even come and bother us or anything the whole time. So that was also something I thought was pretty pretty different than here in the U.S. The same thing going on here. We'd have been getting hassled all night, you know. Any plans for touring with Rigor Mortis overseas again? Yeah, to be honest, that's our goal this time around is to mainly concentrate on Europe. Um, we're proud to be from the United States and always will be, but it seems like we get more respect and attention over there. And so we're working on this new album, and that's our goal is to just get it released over there and just get on as many big festivals and set up tours over there. Concentrate on Europe is our main goal. Of course, that ain't leaving out the States. I'm sure we'll still plan on doing some tours here as well. You got any pre-show rituals to get you revved up for every show? Nothing like, you know, I mean, nothing really that it's like I got to do. I, I like to have a couple beers or drinks just to loosen up. And I just, you know, at my age, and now you've heard like what happened with Tom Araya and certain people as they get older, you know, you got to stretch out your neck <laughs> to loosening, man, you know. So if I'm going to be head banging, I start, you know, loosening up my neck. Mainly, I, I sort of, right before I go on stage, I think of my brother that I lost in 2005. And I just kind of think to myself, and like, hey, this one's for you, Jeff Corbett. And that's the last thing I do every night before I go on stage, just think of him and dedicate it to him. Okay, now, when the showtime's about to end, is there something that you, you feel like you got to do to end the show with a bang? I don't have any, you know, standard thing that I do on a nightly basis. It's always just what's going on at the time. I like to kind of just leave it open to what's happening with each crowd and each each show. So I don't know. To be honest, I don't. I mean, I just uh, I never think ahead about what I'm going to do on stage or what I'm going to say or what I'm going to anything. I just it just. Every night is different. I let it happen, you know. 
Any advice for aspiring musicians of today thinking of a, pursuing a life as a musician? What kind of advice would you have for them? Well, it's changed, you know, my advice that I would give them, especially these days, because, you know, honestly, I'd tell them if they want to do especially metal, is to just give up on thinking about doing it for a living or making any real money at it and only concentrate and take serious what, what you write, you know, your songs. Just, just take those serious, you know, because in the end, you're probably not going to have enough money to retire on or quit your day job. But those CDs and stuff you record are always going to be there forever. And that's what's, that's what's important to me. I've never really made money with my bands after all this time, but it's always a good feeling when I hear from somebody from Poland or Russia or Germany or Mexico or even, you know, farther states away in like New York or California. Somebody's like telling me about how they've been listening to Rigor Mortis for so long or they like the new War Beast, you know, that's, that's what's important. And I hate to say it, but just because of the way it is now, man, with the illegal downloads and the economy, the way the world is, I mean, unless you want to go be the, one of the next American idols or something, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get rich at this stuff anymore. So, just give up on even thinking about this is gonna make you money or you're gonna make a living at. It's my advice. Just, just put your heart into your music, and that's all that matters. Many fans of hard rock and heavy metal music uh, think that, like, the late 80s and early 90s, that was, like, a really hallowed time. Do you think we're in a new age of creativity and song compositions with uh, today's bands? Oh, yeah. I think there's always going to be, you know, new bands creating. Um, you know, there's always going to be new creativity there with every new band. I don't know if I hear, like some stuff I've never heard before, and that's what I like to look for. I mean, I like to look for bands and listen to bands that it's something that maybe, hey, I, that's different. That's a little different, you know. The singer isn't like someone I've heard before or the overall band. If I start going, well, they sound like this band and this band and this band and this band, I mean, I'd rather just listen to those bands they sound like than a band that's going to just be, uh, you know... <laughs> a copy of what I've already heard before. But there's a lot of new talented uh, musicians always coming out. It's just up to them if they can create a sound with their band that's unique, you know. Now, what is a more difficult environment to play in? Like a really like cold venue like in the wintertime or like something really hot, like an outdoor uh, show like uh, in the sweltering heat? Well... I think I would have probably 20 years ago said in the cold was more difficult. But this, these days, I played at Ozfest here in uh, right around my local area in like 2008 with rigor mortis, and it was like 104 degrees at two o'clock in the afternoon when I went on. And I'd have to say it's definitely harder for me now at my age to try to do it in the heat. You know, I mean, you, you're not gonna die of, of freezing to death out there putting on a show. In fact, you're running around and you might warm up some, but that day, oh boy, I tell you, <laughs> I was going to die of a heat stroke and it took everything I could just to uh, make it through the show. Now, do you think you play better when there's like a few bands to share the stage with or like a big like festival concert, like say Ozfest or something? Well, I think you like 
feel like there's more pressure on you to perform when it's a bigger show like that. But I try to, you know, take all shows serious. And you never know when you're going to have a bad night or forget a line or trip over or unplug the guitarist, you know, amp or <laughs> do something <laughs> wrong, make a mistake. So it's gone both ways. I mean, I, I usually do perform good when it's a bigger show. The bigger the crowd, the seems like the better I am. What makes you most happy, like, as a singer when playing a live show? Well, just to get up there, man, I mean, and have some fun. I was always a big fan of, of like, you know, you are. I was just a big fan, and I'd love to go to concerts. That was my big thing ever since I was, like, 14. I just got addicted to going to see live bands. So the chance to get up there and do it yourself, you know, that's just wasn't. It's just so cool. It's hard to ex explain what it's like unless you've been up there yourself. It's uh, better than, you know, it's an old line you've heard many times, but it's better than any drug. I mean, the, it's just a pure rush of adrenaline, and it takes, you in, takes me into a different world when I'm up there, you know. It's like I become someone else, and, and I get to just enjoy that while it lasts. Now, like, when you're composing lyrics for a new song, what ideas do you value more? Like, ideas from, like, when you're sleeping or when you're awake? Well, obviously, I would have to say uh, when I'm awake on that. I mean, I maybe came up with some ideas to write about something that I was when I was asleep, when I had a dream or a nightmare. But naturally, I didn't remember any lyrics that <laughs> from that. So it's definitely when I'm awake is when I I come up with my best stuff. Now, what do you think the best performance uh, was for Warbeast? Our best performance, well, let's see. There's been several good shows, but I know our CD release show at Risley Theater last year in May, which is a couple of weeks after the album came out, was a really big night for us, you know. And Phil Anselmo came to town to be there, and um, everybody we've known our entire lives, even my mom came out. So we put on a great show that night, and I'd say that had to be right up there. And then even just the last month or so when we played with Down in Houston, that was our biggest crowd so far. And and we had a big stage and a big sound, and, and that might be our best show ever, the one just in Houston was down a while back. Now, how do you feel about like uh, performing in the Northeast with uh, Destruction and crew? Oh, man. I'm counting down the days. You know, we're excited. Um, I mentioned earlier how big of influence they've been on some of these members of Warbeast. And with Heathen on the bill, it's going to be a fun time for us up at the North Northeast. I mean, I like that because... Uh, a lot of areas we haven't played before, and there's not as many, uh, I mean, a lot of those cities are closer to each other up there, you know what I mean? <laughs> so the drives in between shows sometimes aren't as bad as, like, they are on the in the south or in the west coast and stuff. Just looking forward to it when you talk about playing in places like Chicago, Detroit, Cleveland, Boston, New York, you know, Baltimore, wherever. It's just, uh, you know, well-known cities, you know, everybody knows for us to finally get to play in those areas, man. Can't wait. 
Now, like, as a music fan, what do you like more, like, out of all these things? Listening to, like, some vinyl albums, walking around with a Walkman and listening to a CD, or, like, having an MP3 player? Hmm. Well, I'm old school, so, you know, I always like to, you know, listen to vinyl at home, cranking it up that way, but I don't really do the Walkman thing anymore, um, and I'm still relatively new to MP3 thing, um... I'd go with the vinyl, but then it's important these days to have MP3 players and stuff, you know, so you can have it wherever you're at, you know, especially on the road. Okay, now, what are your three most treasured albums on vinyl in your collection? Well, I kind of was thinking of that earlier, but, uh, you know, I could start picking some of my early Beatles albums or something, but... To me, again, going to back to just being a big fan like I am, and then the fact that I've even... I'm always just shocked at anything that's happened for me in these bands. So to have my own bands have vinyl out is just, uh, you know, it's amazing to me. So I got to say that it would be the rigor mortis self-titled, the decline of the Western Civilization Part Two Metals years, when, you know, I can look at that and I'm on there with like Megadeth and Motorhead and Alice Cooper and tons of my uh you know early heroes and then of course now with Warbeast in this day and age to be coming out on vinyl I think that's really cool so I don't know if that's a bad answer for naming my own albums but that's that's the ones I value the most dude you know now what do you think the role of mixing heavy metal music and horror movies together is well, hmm. I always thought it, you know, I don't know. That's just, for me personally, that's two of my favorite things in the world, you know. I mean, I've always been a metal fan, and ever since I was a kid, I loved scary horror movies and stuff. So I think they fit together perfectly, and of course, you know, that's a big part of what Rigor Mortis was always about, as far as our image and themes and our lyrical subjects. So... Uh, I don't know, the two just fit well together, and a lot of the same kind of people like both. So I think you're going to reach the same kind of crowds with both horror movies and heavy metal music. Now, imagine for a second your song Guardian Angel from the album Crush the Enemy was played on an episode of Beavis and Butthead. What do you think they'd say? <laughs> oh, man, they'd probably be making fun of me and uh, calling me that old dude with the receding hairline and... uh. <laughs> they probably say they were cool, but you know, take some funny cheap shots at us like that, and and that maybe we we're the last people you'd want as guardian angel. You know, I miss Beavis and Butthead. I'm glad to hear they might be coming back. By the way, man, you got any good recipes for making chili? Well, I've never actually done it, but you know, when we came out with our first album, there was a little like promo item. Was just called rigor mortis chainsaw chili. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you knew about that, but yeah, we all had our own cans of chili, you know, where people could actually eat it if they wanted. But it, you know, had a picture of chili with like, you know, cut off fingers and eyeballs and little body parts and stuff kind of on top of the chili. But, you know, from Chainsaw Massacre, I don't know, hard shell peppercorns, don't skimp on the meat, you know. <laughs> mm. I don't have my own recipe, to be honest, dude. What about your three favorite beers, then? Well, let's see. Uh, 
I usually drink Budweiser, but I've always liked Heineken, and actually I like Moosehead, you know? I just don't always get them because they're more expensive than Budweiser. <laughs> now, you got any tips for playing poker well? Well, I mean, if you want to play it safe like I usually do, I just keep a straight face the entire time and wait till I get a good hand. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because if you get dealt the best hand, you should win. So it don't matter if you're the best poker player in the world as long as you... So what I do, I don't know. I mean, anytime I've tried to bluff too early in the game, knowing my luck someone's got a full house or something, and I just threw all my money away. So I sit there and just wait for good hands, bet on those, and then people get used to me as the guy that will only bet on the good hands. And then later on I can throw a bluff at them after doing that for a while. Now, if you could put, like, a song from Crush the Enemy on, like, a horror movie soundtrack, like, what song would you choose, um, and where would you put it in? Well, let's see. I can't really just come up with any certain movie. I mean, I, I would like it to be in a new movie, you know what I mean? Like, a, I think We Are the Vultures would be good for, like, some old, ancient movie about the medieval times and torture devices and stuff, and then, um... We got a new song that's coming out on the seven inch split. We recorded two new songs back in October that haven't been released yet. One is called Birth of a Psycho. And that one could just be a typical horror splatter movie about a you know, psycho serial killer. Hell I mean that one would even fit with like a Dexter or something like that, you know. A show like that. If you were given the chance to be cast in a horror movie, what kind of role would you like to play? <laughs> Again, it's the same old uh, thing as I was saying about why I like bodily dismemberment and these songs I just mentioned. <clears throat> I would definitely have to be the psycho, you know, the crazy guy that's uh, talking to some chick or, you know, out killing people or something. And because I do use a possessed um, psycho kind of image on when I perform on stage, so... That role would be very, very easy for me, and I do have some pretty scary eyes, if I do say so myself. Now, what's a typical day on the road like when you're on tour? Oh, man, it's it's not as easy as everyone thinks, a glamour life, but it's lots of, uh, you know, lots of just uh, being bored driving down the highway to make it to your next city, trying to get there on time for load-in. Stopping and eating when you can. Uh, it's it's tough, man. I mean, it's it's what I want to do more than anything. But I already know that it's this coming up tour is just going to be a hard thing for us to survive. But you know, that's the hard thing is there's just so much fun when you're finally there and at the shows and the people showing up. But a lot of people don't understand. Our bands, we might have had to drive eight hours. We might have been getting into town at like 3 or 4 in the afternoon, and then we got to wait around for a few hours just to get in the venue. Then you got to unload all your equipment and wait around and wait around, and finally people show up. So that's the part that's hard is the waiting game, you know. Now, what are your favorite songs from uh, Crush the Enemy? Um, definitely We Are the Vultures. Is one for sure. Scorched Earth Policy. 
Um, how many did I need to name? Just my favorites? Um, or three you... or four. Okay, there's two. And I like your Unleashed, and uh, I guess um, probably the title track, Crush the Enemy, are my four favorites off of the album. But the new ones I like a lot. I mean, both of the Psycho might be my my favorite. I think my, you know, two favorites overall that we've done, even though you guys haven't got to hear the new ones, is probably We Are the Vultures and Birth of a Psycho. Real important question. What is the albums you got promoting from Rigor Mortis and War Beast right now? The ones that we got for sale, you mean? Yeah. Uh, or, well, I know that Rigor Mortis has a bunch of new copies of the second one, Freaks, which I'm not on, but it's a quality, great album. And I sing some of those songs at our shows live now. Actually, we sold out of the the self-titled titled one. And we, you know, we'd re-released it in 2003 ourselves and added some bonus tracks and kind of remixed it a little. But now it's gone and we need to make some more copies because I noticed people are starting to complain. It's starting to be hard to find again. And, you know, paying extra money on eBay. And then of War Beast, uh, you know, we just got the self-titled album right now, but we do have black and green vinyl, and I'm hoping in a few months the seven-inch split with Phil Anselmo and Harp will come out. We're going to have tons of merchandise on this tour with War Beast, you know, like four different kinds of T-shirts, um, tour posters and CDs, vinyl stickers, everything we can take out there to try to get rid of <laughs> can people like order that stuff on the internet too yeah the best way for warby stuff is just to go to the house core records website which is the house and they can find our stuff on there 